hello everyone we have an exciting announcement guess what we have a patreon we did announce it on twitter so uh if you follow us there you probably already know but if you're listening to this now and hearing it for the first time uh check out our patreon yeah the uh link is patreon.com slash unbitten podcast you can also find it linked in our twitter if that's uh too complicated for you to spell out <laughs> i feel like i'm questioning like the, the ability like, spelling capacities of our listeners but sorry <laughs> yeah insult our listeners and then they'll become a patron yeah, perfect you guys are dumb give me money um <laughs> support would be much appreciated we have multiple ranks with different like tiers and bonus content and all that stuff and they're all themed to the uh sims for or sims 4 vampire levels uh which i think is pretty cool <laughs> so check out our patreon we'd be happy to have any and all support uh means a lot uh and you supporting us means we get to do more stuff yeah and pay for nice equipment and all that good all that jazz yeah <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Today, we will be covering chapters one and two of New Moon. Hi, everyone. This is Editing Cam. I wanted to let you know before we started this episode that we do talk about a triggering topic, which is suicide, within this episode. If you want to skip that, in the description we have timestamps of when it starts and when it ends so you can skip around. Just wanted to make sure that we were being safe and being sure that everyone's getting their trigger warnings in. Those will be in the description. And we also, I also mentioned that it's triggering at the beginning of the section. So you can see those there. All right. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Oh my god, hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're starting a new book today. <laughs> we are. We're starting a new book. Uh, if you are listening uh, and you're all caught up, we just wanted to say that uh, thank you to everybody who has become a patron already. The Patreon has been going for about a month now. I think we're yeah. just at the month date at the time we're recording this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we just wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to people who have become patrons already. So thank you to Dan, Julia, Aaron, Regina, Alex, Nikita, Rachel, Stephen, Nathan, Maria, and Rachel again. <laughs> thank you. Oh my god. It's so it's so nice. It's so weird. It's so weird that people want to support us like financially. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But we do appreciate it. Uh, if you are not a patron, uh, you should sign up if you want to support us. Uh, the lowest tier is only three dollars a month and gives you access to early uh, early access of the episode releases, uh, and other tiers give you access to bonus content, uh, such as uh, commentary over the first movie. Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I'm I. I feel like the next time I watch Twilight, I'm gonna <laughs> listen to myself and you talking to see, hear my own thoughts, like, reflected back at me. <laughs> Very good. The next up thing that uh, I think we, we wanted to talk about is, so, as we cover New Moon, uh, I, I sort of briefly informed Cam that this is gonna have a lot more content of the Quileute tribe, 
um, which, uh, as we've talked about before, is in fact a real tribe that Stephanie Meyer appropriated their culture to use for her books about vampires and werewolves. Uh, so uh, yeah. as we cover this book, um, I just wanted to make everybody aware of a fundraiser, the Quileut Tribe Moved to Higher Ground, uh, and you can find more information at mthg.org, uh, which is a fundraiser to secure the future of the Quileute Tribe by moving their at-risk community, which is located in a tsunami zone, to a safe zone where their culture and heritage can continue to thrive for generations onward. Um, so we are going to be donating to it. One month of our Patreon donations will go towards this fundraiser. Uh, we will tweet it. Uh, so if you want to uh, check out the link, uh, it'll be on our Twitter. Um, if you want to also uh, donate as well, that would be great. Uh, and with that, uh, I think we can get into New Moon. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't really know anything about... All of that, but it sounds like a great fundraiser, and I trust M. So, please go donate to that, and also uh, we will also be donating. So, yeah, great. Uh, chapter one, shall oh, we? Man. <laughs> no, there's a preface first. Oh yeah, there's a preface still. <laughs> and also, before we do that, mm-hmm. we have to talk about the epigraph. Oh yes, we do. We do because I'm a professional now. Okay. <laughs> and I read epigraphs <laughs> of books that I cover on a silly podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the quote is from Romeo and Juliet, Act 2, Scene 6, which is not surprising because it's talked about right in the like first chapters. And I'll have words about that later. But um, so it's the these violent delights have violent ends and in their triumph die like fire and powder, which as they kiss consume. So that's, like, promising. <laughs> From Romeo and Juliet, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, you know, I like how subtle S. Meyer is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, tragic love anyway, story. Anyway, just wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting comparison. Something to keep in mind for the future, I guess. Uh, I guess. So there is a preface. Uh, it's It's just... It's just a scene. Uh, Bella is running. There's a clock tower. Uh, she is racing to save someone infinitely more precious. I wonder who. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she can't run, and she's surrounded by dangerous enemies, and the clock is tolling on the hour. Yeah, uh, and I, I have... So, for me, I... Because... The last preface we had at first, you know, you thought it could be a dream or something, but then we, like, by the end of the book, you realize that it's a blink into the future, so I'm assuming this is probably from whatever the culmination of this novel is going to be. Um, it's, she points out the end of everything, which is terrifying for some reason. Um, well, when you couple that with the Romeo and Juliet thing. That's so true, yeah. And then Alice had said there was a good chance we would both die here, and... I mean, like, we meaning her and Alice, we meaning her and Edward, probably her and Edward, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, after reading the second, the first and second chapters, I'm assuming that this might be in Jacksonville. Um, but these are just, I'm just guessing. Please don't tell me anything. <laughs> and um, I never tell you anything. Yes, yes. And 
Uh, also, it says at the end of the preface, it says the sun beat down from the exact center point of the sky, so I'm assuming it's noon, and they're on a time limit. That is mm-hmm. what I have for you. That's my. Those are my guesses from this uh, interesting preface. <laughs> well, I can say nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> we have your your predictions on record. Now we can yeah. move on and see if they're right by the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so the first chapter is titled Party. S. Meyer continues with the stellar chapter titles <laughs> yeah and uh again with the theme of dreams because we're opening up with a dream again <laughs> yep dude i love that she describes her gran like a dried apricot <laughs> <laughs> that's your, the first your thing your grandparents didn't look like dried apricots I don't, know. I don't I even know accurate. what a dried apricot looks like, but I am 77% sure that they didn't. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I didn't meet one of my grandpas. Maybe he was like had a striking resemblance, but, you know, I'll never know. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I also didn't meet one of mine, so maybe wow, they were the, we're the same person. The family. <laughs> uh, they're actually the same person, and we're related and didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, uh, Bella thinks that she's seeing her grandma in this dream, uh, and as she gets closer, like, Edward comes up behind her and she starts freaking out, like, oh my god, (laughs) she's gonna see. But then, you know, Edward comes up and puts his arm around Bella, and then Bella realizes that, like, it's actually a reflection, and Bella is old, and Edward's still Mm -hmm. all young, and they're still together, And she is so disgusted. <laughs> like, yeah, I, she should be. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because it's like, like, I'm sure there are people who would be like, this is ages. But I'm just like, this is a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> like, she's just, like, the idea of like her, like, being so dramatic. I mean, like, I know it would be, like, a weird physical-looking age difference, but she's, like, me. Me in a mirror. Me. Mm-hmm. Ancient. Creased and withered. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> calm down. Okay, let's calm down here. Let's, uh, she's just uh, being so but dramatic. But it is so gross because at the same time, like, she's seeing him kiss her and it, she's like disgusted by it because he's yeah. 17 and she's not anymore and I am too <laughs> yeah it is gross uh, it, it definitely reminds me of that uh, how Twilight should have ended YouTube video <laughs> 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 where she's really old and he's like hang on spider monkey and she's like oh thank you <laughs> they go up the tree yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she wakes up, and then she's like, ugh, thank god, it's just a dream, except today is her birthday. I can, uh, okay, uh, the, the two of us being Aries, I feel like neither mm-hmm. of us can imagine being upset about a, <laughs> being our birthday, especially no, like our 18th not at birthday. <laughs> no, not at all, cannot relate like, at all. I fuck yeah, I love, be- I love my birthday, I'm the center of attention, it's great. <laughs> yes, give me attention and love me, give me presents, I'm the best. <laughs> Yeah, it's so wild. I mean, I get the reasons why she's, like, upset that she'll always be older than Edward, no matter what, which, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. (laughs) But I just, like, I cannot imagine not wanting all of the attention on me on my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, 
sure when I was like a kid, I was like a shy kid, but like I still liked my birthday because like my friends were all like still part of it and I still had birthday parties with like all my friends yeah. and everything and I liked that. Um so Good like times. even then, still like birthdays. Uh, what was yeah. I going to say? Oh, the thing about her birthday, this is what I just remembered right now, is her birthday is September 13th, and oh. we were almost going to record this episode way back at September 13th. Oh my god, right. <laughs> and we didn't. <laughs> I forgot about that. And then, yeah. and, and uh, like, note, it's fucking November 29th right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's that's how much backlog of recordings we had to get yeah. us through basically the entire fall semester for you. Yeah, that's kind of iconic. Yeah, like right now, like I'm halfway through my final research paper for my class. So <laughs> yeah. pretty iconic. Anyway, we also now know that Bella's a it. Virgo, which is yes. a choice. Um, I guess. You know what's interesting that I'm thinking one. about is that authors so much more often put birthdays at a time that's convenient for a novel instead of what their zodiac sign is. I don't know how many people are that invested in zodiac signs to like care. That's upsetting. They should. Um, <laughs> sorry, but I think I think S. Meyer is a straight Mormon lady, so. But I think she'd be into astrology. She seems the type. And I Maybe. say that being someone who's also into astrology, so that's a weird, like, comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, I see it. Yeah. Hey, people who are listening, if you know astrology, tweet at us what you think uh, Bella's sign is. We'll just yeah, assign her a Yeah, let us know what the real, the real signs of them should be. I, yeah. I am no expert. I just am pretty good at guessing my friends. <laughs> Bella says one another super dramatic, obnoxious thing. Um, she says... Now that it had hit, even worse than I'd, it was even worse than I'd feared it would be. I could feel it. I was older. Every day I got older, but this was different. Worse. Quantifiable. I was 18. And I'm just like, what do you mean you can feel it? What do you, what do you, no, you can't. You cannot feel it. You cannot feel any pain in your body when you are 18. <laughs> you are, you are then, a, a little flower. <laughs> She brushes her teeth and she's like almost surprised that the face in the mirror doesn't have any wrinkles or signs oh of wrinkles. My... And I'm like, ugh. That's so annoying. I'm like, shut up. You're going to um, give teenagers a complex about their age. Like, you're 18. There's like, you're literally at like the prime of like youth and no pain and nothing like sinking you down yeah. and making your bones creak. Trust me, as an ancient 27 year old, that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. This is so interesting, because I know that, like, this whole thing is because, you know, she's worried about, like, looking old and appearing old and, like, dying without, like, being changed. Mm -hmm. But it's also, like, this, it feels sort of like a weird, the man should be older than the woman, like, heteronormative thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, and she does, she does later admit that she's, like... Okay, like, even if there were a couple years in the end, if I got changed, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's still just, like, a weird, like, thing. Yeah, <laughs> to, like, no. be so aggressively focused on when she's only, like, a year older than him physically now. It's like, whatever. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, too, like, I mean, I still don't really get how, like, mentally aging versus physically aging when it comes to a vampire. Like, I just have to accept it is what it is. But I'm like, he's been around for, like, you know, 80 years. 
Um, surely, uh, you know, he's, he's still got experience and wisdom that doesn't make him just permanently like I'm 17, 17. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. She's just, he's way too jaded. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the cynicism. So she says she doesn't want, she said she had told Alice that she didn't want anything for her birthday, which is also wild. And just like. How? <laughs> Could yep. be me. <laughs> I know. Especially because, like, and I know this is, like, it's less, uh, maybe this is my selfish brain talking, but, like, she talks about how she doesn't have a huge amount of money, and, like, Edward's family does. Yeah. And, like, they're, they want to treat her, why not, like, and she's close with them, like, it kind of, like, seems like a good opportunity to be able to get, like, nice things. Well, yeah, literally, okay, I, did, I wrote a note for this, like, which is a little bit later, but I don't care. I said, I wish I had fucking Sugar Daddy Edward to give me, to take I me know. to nice restaurants, buy me a car, give me nice things. Like, Bella, you have an opportunity here. I know, she's so, an, ugh, she's so annoying about it. She's like, I get that she likes the character of her car, whatever. Sure. But, like, the fact that she's like, I refuse to eat good food. Yeah, she's like, I don't <laughs> like, want to take okay. handouts, I don't need them, like, and I'm like, it's not, like, just let him spoil you. Like, it literally means nothing to them. Like, it means nothing. Like, it's just like, hey, like, can I give you nice things? You deserve them. Yeah. Speaking of, like, food, she skips breakfast. Yep. Back again with her not eating thing. Just, like, casually. And it's, like, not even really mentioned. Also, I like Um, that Alice points out, don't women usually wait till they're 29 to get upset over birthdays? (laughs) Which... You got two years, Emily. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Look out. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, anyway. And dude, in this scene, so, like, she meets up with, like, Edward and Alice. Alice in this scene is trying so hard. She is literally doing the most to try to make Bella have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel so bad for Alice because Alice is, like, her really good friend. Mm-hmm. And Bella's just being the most difficult you could possibly be. Yep. Like and she Alice even just she like even got keeps her like shift spinning switched. it on its head. She got her fucking shift switched at work for her, because uh, apparently, she, oh yeah, she works at the sporting goods place, uh, right? And now then she's like, well, um, I have to write, I have to write a paper, um, so I have to watch <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, and it's just like she's just coming up with all these excuses. And so here's here's the thing, I have, on one hand. She's already miserable about her birthday, which is kind of stupid in the first place, but mm-hmm. Alice and Edward are in a way making it worse by forcing her along into their plans and insisting giving stuff that she doesn't want and like just making her like live in this headspace of, oh, I don't want to think about my birthday. I don't want to think about my birthday. And so like on one hand, yes, like they're trying to like do like really nice things, but I think nice things are appreciated if you actually take into account what that person would actually want and enjoy and rather than a party she'd probably enjoy a quiet night in just with edward spending quality time with him so i don't know i think i think just based on what we know about bella i don't think she was ever that concerned about birthday parties in the first place just like she was never that concerned about going to prom in the first place but they have these ideas in their heads of like what she should be wanting and what she should be experiencing that's true i didn't think of it that way i was like thinking of 
I was definitely focusing more on like, ugh, she's being ungrateful, but I do see what you mean. Yeah, I just think there's like both sides of that where it's like, come on, like you're being so dramatic, you're only 18, like it's not that bad. But on the other hand, Mm -hmm. I don't think she ever cared that much about like making a big thing of her birthday anyway, which I can't relate to. I can't, but you know, (laughs) that's on her. (laughs) Yeah. So they sort of have this little, you know, argument about whether or not her birthday is, like, something they should even talk about, or if she's, like, too old or not, and, like, then then Alice is like, oh, and you're gonna come over tonight, um, because we're gonna, you know, definitely not do anything, haha, mm-hmm. wink. <laughs> so yeah, then she tries to make all these excuses, Bella does, to, like, try to get out of it, but Alice is like, no you're gonna do it (laughs) and edward's also like you're also gonna do this yeah they're very pushy they go to they go to class and they need to stop being so attached to each other the fact that edward pulled a bunch of strings with specifically the female administrators which is weird which like he's supposed to be 18 or 17 and they are full up on adults and he's like charming them Mm -hmm. weird yeah but so they have every class together now which is upsetting it is upsetting it's too much (laughs) it's too much i can't even i wouldn't even want one class with the person i'm in a relationship with i don't want to see you when i'm being stupid in math class (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to i don't i don't want i don't want them to be there when i'm like saying the wrong shit (laughs) i'm vulnerable in my class thank you i don't think i shared any classes with any of the people that i was like dating in high school i can't think of yeah i don't think i was well especially like dude if i if i um if i keep dating the same person i'm dating my senior year we're gonna be in the same creative writing 400 like seminar like senior seminar where we have to like aggressively workshop each other's works oh hey that's (laughs) that's what that's what couples do if couples that can aggressively uh critique each other's works stay together i don't know (laughs) it's it's forever yeah (laughs) yeah i guess that's scary but i don't know i know anyway much to think about Uh, and, so they yeah, go to... so then she talks a bit about the money. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She talks about the money and how her mom was like is has a kindergarten teacher's salary, and Charlie is just like a police chief in a tiny town. So, uh, you know, they never really had any money, and she saves everything for college, uh, which is Plan B. And then yeah, there's this whole paragraph about how. Money means nothing to the Cullens. It's just something that you do when you have lots of time in your hands and a sister who can predict trends in the stock market. Which, like... <laughs> Icon. That's what you use future site for, is to predict stock market trends. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he didn't understand, like, why she was uncomfortable by expensive stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. This is where I'm just like, just accept that he's a sugar daddy. Like, accept it. Like... Yeah, it's it's kind of sounds ideal. Yeah, he wants to pay her college tuition. Like, are you kidding me? I'd be like, yes, please. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, she also mentions how Mike Newton has changed a bit, and he's trying to copy Edward's hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is hilarious, but it's also I'm good for him because it says he goes 
from bristly to like mm-hmm. longer and gelled into a carefully casual disarray, which I'm like, good. That's definitely an upgrade. That's I'm definitely sure. better than yeah. Bristly uh, is you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's very early two thousands. Uh, it is what it yeah. is. Uh, so now yeah. we learn that they have a new lunch table arrangement because the older Cullens <laughs> have graduated. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> Alice and Edward sitting with Bella and like her human friends. And like there's like a strange it's... line divide where like Edward and Alice and Bella are like on one side and like there but not really included. And then the rest of the humans are like on the other side of this invisible line. Yeah. Cause... I, and they're just like... It says that, like, humans are generally not at ease with the Cullen, so yeah. they're just, they just, like, don't interact. <laughs> and then as soon as it's also, sunny, Edward, when Edward and Alice are gone, like, all of a sudden, right. they're just, like, normal around Bella again. They're like, oh, Bella exists again. <laughs> we can talk to her. Uh, well, to be fair, she also, like, totally only hangs out with Edward and sometimes Alice, yep. so. I mean, it's true. Like, I don't really necessarily blame them for, like, not even attempting to interact, yeah, no, um, 100%. As soon as yeah. she got, like, part of the whole, like, Cullen's world, she just, like, stopped interacting with the human friends. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Uh, so Mike and Jessica broke up. Yep. Which, uh, rest in peace. I love the au- idea of the awkward post-breakup friendship phase, because we all know that. Oh, yeah. So well. Especially at school. <laughs> yeah, especially, like, high school, and you're still in the same friend group, yep. and it's just like, uh. Uh, we have to get along and pretend that we aren't awkward around each other. Yeah. Um, oh my god, Fergus is screaming. (laughs) He is screaming. One second. (laughs) He's got words. He's spitting bars. Anyway. Okay. I was singing the me music. Uh, he was uh screaming because as soon as I started recording, my door suddenly shut, which means my sister walked down the hall and shut the door, uh, because I was talking because she's working on a research paper too. Yes, classic. And so he was like, "Free me!" Yeah. <laughs> the afternoon passes, they go to Edward's place, and they got some high-key sexual tension happening uh, while yeah. they're watching Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Just, it's kind of good sexual tension, like, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I, it's, like, it's, it's somewhat good. However, I'm, like, uncomfortable with how much of a thing S. Meyer has for Romeo. <laughs> with the whole, like, Edward whispering Romeo's lines into Bella's ear. I'm like, this is a fan fiction. Or, like, S. Meyer's fantasy where she wants, okay, so, like, fine. To, I'm just someone gonna, to roleplay Romeo and Juliet with her. I'm just gonna <laughs> fucking admit it then, because my note for that moment was, oh, fuck, oh, damn, this got me, imagine <laughs> it, oh, shit, I'm weak, fuck. I so, literally I would smack someone if they did that to me. <laughs> can't I can't relate. I don't know. I'm just I'm just imagining Edward specifically, which means Robert Pattinson specifically. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's all it took. Like I I I get it to an extent, but also I'm just like, oh, it just sounds so cringy. <laughs> Maybe like, so. Like it's something 
Yeah, whatever. But their cuddling seems really comfy. Also, they said know. that they... Even though he's cold. <laughs> that they fast-forwarded through the opening credits, and I was like, wow, VHS. <laughs> That's all I had to yeah. say about that. Wow. <laughs> it took me back. <laughs> uh, okay, yep. so I... I also like that uh, Edward kind of dunks on Romeo a little bit, yep. and, like, Bella gets defensive of her fictional boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just a little note, but it's very funny to me. Yeah, she literally <laughs> says, what's wrong with Romeo, I asked, a little offended. <laughs> yeah, Romeo's she was like, until she met fictional Edward, characters. she sort of had a thing for him. <laughs> but, like, it's Romeo's, like, like 14, isn't he? Isn't Romeo and Juliet? I like- mean, in, yeah, he's supposed to be, but, like, none of the, none of the, like, play Oh, or, yeah, none of, like, the actual, like, like movies movie and depictions I know. would have him be that young, so. I know. Um, so... But, like, yeah, maybe she had a crush on him when she was 14 and it kind of, like, grew with her. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I hate, I hate what happens apparently next. she's read Romeo and Juliet so many fucking times. I hate, I hate oh everything. Oh, yeah, this is... <laughs> the worst. Like, trigger warning on this episode, because we are gonna, about to talk about suicide and Edward's suicidal tendencies and, like, desires. Yeah, so it starts with, as they're watching Romeo and Juliet... Uh, which is, you know, just to, again, tie into that Romeo and Juliet quote we got right at the beginning. Uh, yep. Edward says, I'll admit, I do sort of envy him. And Bella thinks that, you know, he's talking about how hot, like, Juliet is. But no, mm-hmm. he says he envies the ease of suicide. Humans have it so easy. All you have to do is throw down one tiny vial of plant extracts. This is way too casual a conversation to suddenly be bringing up about how he once thought about killing himself. I'm so uncomfortable. I know, it's so weird. Like, it's, it's, like, Edward, please see a vampire therapist. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Please. Like, this is so not okay. And he's, like, being so casual about, well, he's not, like, he's, like, trying to be casual about it, but, like, it clearly, it says that he's, like, taking deep breaths and, like, kind of struggling to, like, keep it lighthearted. Which, I mean, it's not a lighthearted conversation. No, and it's like, bro, just, like, if you want to talk about this, you have to, like, talk about this. Yeah, so he basically says that uh, he knows that from Carlisle's experience that, like, it's very, very difficult for a vampire to, like, end their lives. About how when Carlisle first became a vampire, he was disgusted by what he had become, whatever. But he said that he contemplated it himself when Bella was nearly killed by James in the spring. Uh, And so one part of him was focusing on trying to make sure that she lived. But another part of his mind was making plans. It's he's literally just saying he had he had full on like thought out a plan for suicide. And oh, my God. Like, yeah, of course. And he was going to go because it's really hard for vampires to kill themselves he was gonna go try to provoke a really like rich like basically the royal family of vampires apparently mm-hmm. to like try to get them to be mad at him and kill him yep the vulturi this is our which first is... uh first mention of the infamous vulturi which uh didn't yeah weren't given a name I mean, the last one the last book but yeah because like they were the people in the painting in carlisle's room mm-hmm. his cool dark academia room yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like, really upset by this fucking conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird, too, because, like, 
as they're having this conversation about how he wanted to kill himself, there's also, like, <laughs> like it's like the beginning of a Harry Potter book where you recap everything that happened yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, like, yeah. the last books. So it's, like, it's, like... Edward talking about how he's suicidal and then, like, sprinkled in, oh, yeah, I remembered this. <laughs> yeah. It's, I was like, please. It's really just Weird to have bad. a recap, like, in line with a really serious conversation about suicide. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Boy. the other thing that I, ha- again, have an issue with, because this whole conversation is trash, uh, he says, uh... <laughs> You know, don't irritate the Volturi, not unless you want to die or whatever it is we do. Uh, Bella, you know, her anger turns to horror. No kidding. And then she says this. No, what she says is, you must never think of anything like that again. No matter whatever happens to me, you're not allowed to hurt yourself. And, like, the thing is, is, like, this is almost like some sort of, like, emotional blackmail that he's laying on her by accident. Because now she's going to be, like oh my god, like, you know, if if I'm in danger again, like, if anything happens to me, like, he is going to kill himself. Like, he's just admitted that. Like, what am I supposed to do with that information? Yeah. Like, she, she it That's puts such a responsibility like a of his life in her hands, in a way. Yeah, it's a huge burden. <sighs> yeah, that's that's so terrifying. And that's, like, that's, like, leaning, like, towards emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, and she tries to turn around. You know, she says, like... It reminds me of... It reminds me of the, you know, if you break up with me, I'll kill myself. Yep. Like... Mm-hmm. Exactly th- that. So... And, like, I feel like if he... If this were, you know, another situation and they were, like, just human relationship, he might be the type to say something like that. So... Yeah. Just gonna it's gonna put that out there. And she tries Not to ideal. turn it around and say, like... You know, if something happened to you, would you want me to off myself? And then he, you know, is kind of like, oh, I guess I see your point, like, a little. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but it's not the same for me. What would I do without you? And it's just like, well, you keep on living and hope that, you know, that love can still enter your life in some way or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, ugh. I just also don't get why the two of them insist on having these conversations all the time. Yeah. Because, like... If you guys are both, like, first of all, neither of you should be having this feeling about each other. But, like, clearly they both are. It's like, to that an extent. level of, like, really unhealthy codependency. Yeah. And it's like, just, just fucking stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Put that in a box. Put the box away. Open it at your therapist's office. I'm writing down a therapist's address right now. <laughs> Here, take this. Like seriously it's not something that you need to burden your partner with and especially when it's like a kind of like a two-way thing like it's oh god it's just like they're just getting into this really just ridiculous terrifying relationship no it's totally like they're it's like i don't know just like fucking they have webs tangled around each other uh, yeah. and they're they're becoming uh, unhealthily attached uh, and it's bad but luckily Charlie yep. comes home and interrupts this whole conversation <laughs> yeah uh, thank god Charlie saves the day <laughs> he brought pizza and, and he comes in and you know Edward's like hey can I borrow Bella and like for the night cause it's her birthday and you know Bella wants Charlie to like say no but then he's like oh is gonna watch the Mariners, <laughs> which is such a dad thing. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 funny. <laughs> and then 
Charlie, like, just chucks the brand new camera at Bella, forgetting <laughs> that his daughter... First of all, you just don't throw a camera in general. Holy yeah. shit. Especially but also, you know his daughter... He knows his daughter is, like, very clumsy. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible move, Charles. And she's so quirky and different and clumsy. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's you so know quirky. this. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> yeah, so Edward anyway, catches it, yeah, but, luckily. Yeah, because, you know, where would she be without Edward? Dead in a ditch somewhere, probably. I mean, From, like, yeah. slipping down a hole of Basically. mud. <laughs> breaking her leg and passing <sighs> out. <laughs> uh, so right. And they... then Charlie's just like, nice save! <laughs> <laughs> and not like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have thrown the camera, but okay. Or like, oh god, sorry about that. He's just like, huh, <laughs> nice. Good job. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. They are driving to the Cullen's house, and Edward asks for a favor, which I find really interesting. He says, Bella, the last real birthday any of us had was Emmett in 1935. Cut us a little slack and don't be too difficult. They're all excited. Yeah. This is where I'm like... This is also where I'm like, come on, Bella, be yeah, grateful. Exactly. Like, I'm back that on that fam- side. That family with that. is so is so sweet. Yeah. And they are doing the most for her because they're so excited to have someone who's experiencing all these things anew. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they like her. They love her. They think she's great. So, the fact that she's like decided to be difficult about it, and like be. I get that it's her birthday, but also just to be selfish. A little bit. Um, in a negative way. Yeah. Is just like, ugh, come on. Also, we learned that Emmett and Rosalie were in Africa. <laughs> what were they doing? In, I mean, like, I'm just wondering where in Africa. Do you think they're like, they were like hanging out with a specific amount of like African vampires? That, or they were just like touring the savannah and like, hunting <laughs> they're on a hi- safari hunting like lions and stuff together you know oh that oh no yeah no yeah not not a couple that hunts for sport fuck well i mean i meant more like for food well, if they eat them <laughs> i meant for food yeah but yeah i did think of that too <laughs> no yeah that sucks bro <laughs> if they if they're eating it and then it's fine uh if they're the type that's gonna take a picture with them we have we, I have some words and some fists for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but they're back, for so sure. we will never know of their Africa adventures or what country they even went to. Yeah, it's just the general Africa, which yep. okay. Yeah, and she's nervous about Rosalie being there because she knows that Rosalie doesn't like her, and uh, Edward's like she'll be on her best behavior, but I don't know how that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so they get there, and it is, like, all decked out. There are lanterns hung from the porch eaves, bowls of, fla- of like, pink roses, and there's crystal bowls filled with more roses inside, and there are pink candles, and it's just, like, beautiful so and pink and white and this just, like... This sounds like, like uh, The Bachelor. Decked out. Or, like, The Bachelor. Oh, my God, it does. <laughs> And uh, I just, like, this is where I'm again gonna say that Alice is doing the most. Alice really is the best character. She's, like, I get that she's doing, like, a bit extreme, a lot extreme for what Bella wanted, but she is 
so nice and she's just doing so much because she is a genuinely nice person and I'm just like oh, I would sure. risk it all for Alice you know yeah 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 the only <laughs> the only critique I have is like why is everything pink and roses does this fit Bella in any way or is this just what Alice yeah. thought would look pretty you know once again I'm like Bella but what if you tailored wore... it to yeah the bowling shirt on yeah. her like first day of school yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was gonna say her prom dress with leggings <laughs> or, or her khaki skirt <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is ugh, the straights. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so what happens next? Oh, Alice presents. says it's time for presents. <laughs> and like Emmett sneaks out in like like. I put sneaks in air quotes because he's like, gotta go do something. And he's like, wink to Alice. Yep. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, just like being the most obnoxious, like, goofy older brother. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah. So then they find out, uh, they say that it's a stereo for her truck and Emmett's installing it right now. Because <laughs> uh, they just hand her like an empty box. <laughs> Right, uh, and they're like, he's installing it so that you won't go return it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. It's actually a thoughtful so gift. Then, like, this is a useful gift. It is. Uh, to someone who doesn't want something over the top. Uh, it's just like, hey, like, you can listen to music in your truck now. Good job. And, like, it is, like, it probably is, like, you know, relatively expensive, but it's also something that, like, is making something she already loves better, which is her truck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Instead of a new car, it's, it's how about we make your good, truck, like, gift. yeah, like, make your truck, like, more usable to you. Uh, then it's, uh, Alice and Edward's gift next, uh, and, uh, Edward says that he promises he didn't spend anything. Oh, yeah, and, and Bella gives Edward a basilisk glare, and I'm like, you've been reading some <laughs> Harry Potter there? You've been reading some, some yeah, Harry Potter with the basilisk? <laughs> and as soon as she goes to open the box, uh, she oh, sticks boy. her finger under the edge of the paper to rip it off the tape, and... <laughs> She gets a paper cut, and everything happens very quickly and, and all at once. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> this is such a um. This is such like a, a YA type of setup to this because, yeah. like, she's like, "There's a tiny cut," and then the next thing is it all happened very quickly. Then, which reminds me of a lot of moments in actually Harry Potter where there he like it would be like. Harry suddenly realized something, blah, 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 and blah, blah. And then it goes into, like, this description. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And, like, when... So I definitely see the parallels there. It's where kind it's of like, like when he puts together, like, I don't know, like, Nicholas Flamel and, like, oh, like, oh, right. it's him. And that's where, what, it's the, the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone. And it's just, like, all of a sudden everything is happening at once. And you're like, oh, my God, what what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and it's always prefaced with, like, then multiple things happened in a really short amount of time. Yep. And then they describe it. Like, <laughs> it's like... The author is letting you know that this will be really fast-paced, but we're going to describe it to you slower. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Edward throws himself at Bella, and she gets <laughs> flung across the table. It fell, scattering the cake and presents, flowers and plates, and she lands in a mass of shattered crystal. <laughs> It's not funny, but it's so fucking funny that, like, like I get that she was in danger, but, like, she wasn't gonna be harmed, like, for real, until he yeeted her over the table. Uh-huh. And 
Jasper slams into Edward. There's a snarl in Jasper's chest, and he's snapping his teeth inches from Edward's face. (laughs) (laughs) And then they, like, Emmett grabs Jasper from behind in, like, a steel grip. And uh, Bella just, like, notices as she's tumbled down to the floor that her ar- as her arms throw out to catch the fall that she landed in jagged shards of glass and there's sti- yeah. searing stinging pain from her wrist to her elbow with blood pulsing down her Dude, arm that- with six suddenly ravenous vampires and I'm just like Jesus Christ Edward Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah like literally the worst thing that could happen just happened like great 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 <laughs> this like, is perfect great he, I'm excited he threw her out of the way <sighs> and made her like completely cut up her entire forearms on glass from a paper cut and like yeah and like freak out everyone way more extremely oh my god because like if it had just been the paper cut everyone would have been like gross but like and Jasper would have freaked out but like uh huh you know would have been fine but now like everyone has to fucking vacate the premises except for daddy Carl so <laughs> yeah <sighs> So well, that's the end of the first chapter. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what an ending. What an ending. Everything happens all at once. It was quite the party, though. Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so chapter two is called Stitches. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I wonder what's gonna happen in this one. <laughs> so Jasper gets put in timeout outside. <laughs> And Rosalie, for some reason, is, like, like, smug about it as she steps in front of Jasper to, like, help get him out the door. Uh, <laughs> Esme also leaves, and she says she's sorry. <laughs> she, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's so sad, because they're so ashamed of the fact that they can't handle it. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I mean, not Rosalie, but, like, I'm thinking of no, Esme, because yeah. it says she's ashamed, and she's, like, crying this out to Bella as she's, like, running away. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, uh, Carlisle is there to save the day. Thank God for Daddy Carlisle Carl. is a king, <laughs> as <know>. always. <sighs> My literal dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's great. I just think he's neat. <laughs> I do, too. I re- I'm really attached to Daddy Carl. He he does the most. Me too. I love him. He's so I, calm in a crisis. Like I wish he was the one to defend <laughs> Bella from this paper cut because I don't think he would have smashed know. her into a table full of glass. Yeah, prob's not though. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so yeah. uh, he takes her to the kitchen, uh, prepping for stitches, and he's telling Edward to go. And uh, Bella's like, "Stop being a hero. Just go. Get some fresh air." And yeah. He's like, "No." I'm gonna stay, but... Uh, I'm gonna put myself in pain on purpose because this is how I deal with when I do something <laughs> bad. It's like, stop! Shut stop up! Being such a masochist. Jesus. Uh, and so, she literally says that. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so masochistic? Well, what a, what a sick masochistic lion. <laughs> oh, God, don't fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid uh, lamb. Anyway. Yeah, and the only way they get him to leave is to be like, Jasper's pretty upset with himself, I'm sure, and you are probably the only person who can make him feel a little bit better, so. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, Alice is like, you might as well do something useful. 
Alice and Carlyle, the two best vampire characters. Literally was going to say the king and queen of these novels. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Alice also disappears out of the room, though. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oops. Sorry. Oops, I can't do this either. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But, like, Carl's just being a king. Like, I took a note that said this is the Carl is so good chapter <laughs> yeah it is I'm sorry but like all I'm thinking of like listen I'm already I'm already a simp for daddy Carl but I'm like this tension of like this hot doctor what? like stitching up your wound literally... and like looking so attractive <clears throat> ugh I literally wrote a note that like Bella checking out her hot doc to distract herself from the pain is uh-huh. a mood, though. <laughs> yep. I was like, yeah, I get it. I watched Carlo's face to distract me from what his hands were doing. I'm like, just watch it all, babe. Just watch it I'm all. I'm like, yeah, that's that's valid. Yeah. A god. I know. <sighs> so he's picking out glass, and uh, they just have like <laughs> idle conversation, and all all she says is plink. Plink, plink. <laughs> She's surprised yeah. how much glass there were in her arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. She's like, ugh, that was like embarrassing. I can clear a room. And he's like, ah, oh, it could happen to anyone. And she's like, yeah, but it just usually just happens to me. And I'm like, Bella, you're the only one with blood in this entire room. Shut up. <laughs> Also, it's because she's the YA protagonist. So, of course, wow. it has to be her. She just doesn't realize that she's yeah, the main character yet. <laughs> Yeah, she's not self-aware, but by the end of this novel, Bella will gain self-awareness of the real world and the fact that she's in a novel. That's my prediction for the end of New Moon. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Uh, definitely yeah, foretold for sure. by Romeo and Juliet and the preface that we read. That's what the real self-awareness yeah. is. Yeah, I think so. Okay, anyway, back to serious conversation. <laughs> Carlisle's dad was a clergyman. So he had this, like, whole, like, you know, strict, like, Christian viewpoint of the world. And, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, God with a capital G here. Um, Never in 400 years since he was born has he ever seen anything to make him doubt whether God exists. So wild. Yeah. This is... This was the the wildest curveball so far in these books, including the vampires, was like, oh, this guy's, like, legit religious. Uh-huh. And also, like, assumes he's going to hell, but is doing whatever he can yeah. to try to do better and, like, be good in God's eyes. And I'm like, God damn, that's some faith, bro. Yeah, I guess so. And meanwhile, Bella's just like, hmm, awkward. I don't really, I didn't think we were going to be talking about God here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> that's all about. Um, and it's interesting, too, because, like, we talked about how vampires, like, carry over stuff from their previous lives. And usually that's, like, powers. Yeah. But I think, like, it could definitely be argued that Carlisle brought over an intense religious belief. He could have. And maybe um, it's, like, his, his you know, incredible faith and belief in God that is what makes him so strong and, like, being good exactly. and not feeding on humans and being Yeah, and, like, helpful. this level of self-control. Yeah, this level of not just self-control, but, like, um, what's it called? Like, devotion to helping others 
in you know right, 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 a right. profession that would arguably arguably be one of the most painful for a vampire to take as a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's like just that was definitely super interesting. But it's such like a he's saying I'm hoping that there is still a point to this life even for us. Yeah. It's a long shot, I'll admit. By all accounts, we're damned regardless, but I hope, maybe foolishly, that we'll get some measure of credit for trying. Which is just... ah, He's so nice. I know. (laughs) And he says that Edward's with him up to a point that God and heaven exist, but so does hell. And he doesn't believe that there's an afterlife for vampires. He thinks that they've lost their souls. Yeah. Ugh. Which, that's... It's so so interesting. It does, I mean, when even when they talk about it here, like, Bella's like, that's why he's being so difficult about me. Like, if he truly believes that vampires have no souls, then he's terrified that if he turns Bella, he's taking away some, like, purity of her being in some way. Like, of this concept of a soul. Um, Which is kind of heavy. Yeah, and like, and also because... It, this is this makes it clear that Edward believes in God and heaven and hell, and therefore he thinks he also thinks that turning Bella would literally damn her. Yep. Um, and because he's also a religious person and like truly believes that, that's probably like another really big reason why he's not doing that because mm-hmm. he believes so strongly in like the power and also cruelty of God that he's not going to be like he wouldn't want to. Even past the whole, like, you're not going to live a good life, he thinks that her afterlife would also be damned. Like, she would just yeah. be damned spiritually. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is so interesting. Like, every like her her mortal soul is forfeit. It, it's an interesting uh, conversation that they have, because uh, I can't help thinking of Buffy, um, because <laughs> with their vampire lore, it's a like factual thing that when someone gets turned into a vampire they lose their soul like it's a whole plots revolve around this fact and that it's not a human you know that's now a vampire it's just a demon wearing that person's face at that point onward oh that's interesting yeah man i should watch buffy (laughs) yeah you should it's really good so then carlisle again this is the carlisle is so good chapter because bella says that thing that you said where that's why he's being so difficult about me and then carl is like i look at my son he calls Mm -hmm. edward his son he says his strength his goodness the brightness that shines out of him and it only fuels that hope that faith more than ever how could there not be more for one such as edward which oh my god yeah He's really good. This is like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the book, like in a good way though. Yeah. <laughs> like, <sighs> it's a loving father son relationship and I ah <laughs> It's it's just like it's one of those things like Edward not seeing himself clearly at all and it's like how and I mean I'm not religious in any way, um, but just like this concept of like Shouldn't the thing that means the most, what you do in your life, your actions speak for who you are as a person? And Edward, you know, as much as, you know, we question his relationship and the intensity of it and whatever, he's (laughs) still doing good in the world and trying to be a good person. You know, as far as vampires go, we've seen people like James, who is clearly a sadistic, like, fucking sociopath who hunts down 
humans yeah. for sport and tries to scare them and makes a whole game of it versus Edward who's like I'm terrified to uh, to even do like harm with this one human girl that like you know I would suck her blood at the risk of like you know everything else just to try and get like the vampire venom out so she doesn't turn because I want right. to make sure that she remains you know a pure and good human or whatever and it's just like I don't know there's <laughs> It's it's so heavy to talk about this concept of souls and, like, you know, what makes someone condemned or not. Yeah, and then, and then uh, you know, Bella has this little moment where, you know, Carlisle asks her if she could take away Edward's soul, would she? And then she has this moment where she's like, that, that's not a fair exchange and I'm like it's literally just the same exact it thing is. but the other way around Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like this. they have this level of like just a lack of self awareness in their relationship that is just so profound where they're insisting one thing but would not even fathom it the other way around yeah and it's just like it's ridiculous how often it comes up like it is perpetual like it's perpetuating throughout their entire relationship and you know it's seen again here it's the lack of self-awareness for me. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's real bad. <laughs> uh, so um, now we get to Edward Lore. Yes, yeah, sorry. This is the O Lore. <laughs> yeah, Edward Lore. <laughs> oh, Edward Lore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, most importantly, his eyes used to be green, which, hot. Uh, hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, this is the moment. Although we love a brown-eyed king, gonna say that, but um, we do actually. Like, no I admit brown that eyes. I my, have brown eyes. My favorite eye color is, is brown eyes, so uh, I will say that. Put that on record. Brown is my favorite <laughs> eye color. However, green eyes, good. So what do we learn? Uh, we learn his mother. Uh, her name was Elizabeth Mason, which makes Edward previously Edward Mason. Uh, his father was also named Edward. Edward Senior. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to start calling Edward Jr. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, Junior. Hey, Junior. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so and so his father died first, but Elizabeth was alert until almost at the very end and her eyes were the same color and had the same bronze shade of hair and Bro, this is literally like Harry Potter. I know, right? You have your mother's eyes, except you don't anymore because you've turned into a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) And the crazy thing is that, uh, so Carlyle goes in to check on Elizabeth and her son, and uh, she commands Carlyle to save him as if she, like, knew something that he had, like some sort of potential to save him in some way. Like, all she wanted was for her son to live, which is, again, the Harry Potter parallels here of, like, no, I yeah. don't care about myself. It's just about my the son. Power of love. Yeah. <laughs> it was love all along. Fuck. <laughs> and she says this wild thing, though, where she says, you must do everything in your power. What others cannot do, that is what you must do for Edward. Yeah. What does she know? How does I she don't, know? How does she know? <laughs> Tell me your secrets, dying woman. Uh, I also anyway. want to point out this this uh, revealed Edward lore changed the fan fiction game. Um, see, a weird a weird trope in the fan fiction world of Twilight is the popularity mm. of human AUs being like alternate universe stories where everybody's human. Like there's just no vampires in it. 
Which is like, this is a vampire series. Why is everybody obsessed with making it not vampires? Twilight, but we make it fucking boring. (laughs) But uh, because of this, in so many, so many, uh, like, human AUs, it was always like, oh, he has green eyes and his name, like, his name is Edward Mason. And, like, it it was just this, it it unlocked this little detail that people (laughs) could suddenly use. (laughs) Yeah, and they, you know, they have the parents' names, too. So yep, it's got exactly. everything. It's got everything. But, uh, yeah, so the th- this is where, you know, Carl is like, he considered the idea of creating a companion for himself because he'd been so lonely all this time. Just one other someone, other person who could know him. Um, and Edward was dying. And he, he, he did the deed. He's uh, like, well, fuck it. Yeah. Gotta do it. There was something pure and good about his face. The kind of face I'd want have wanted my son to have. Which, mm. like, ah! Here's my question. Can vampires not have kids, then? Is he saying that, like, or he just doesn't want to bring another vampire into the world? Or he, I mean, I know he can't have sex with a human, apparently, because they'd crush them or whatever. <laughs> Uh, not too hard. Like, <laughs> um, but like, why did Carlisle and Esme never have kids? Yeah, vampires huh? can't have kids. Riddle me that. They can't. They can't. No. Why not? Because they're vampires. In The Sims, they can have kids. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about your where you're getting your vampire lore from. <laughs> No, uh, everything in The Sims 4 Vampires is fact, bro. Facts only. <laughs> facts only. Okay. Uh, but so no, yeah, they definitely can't. I didn't can. know that bit of vampire lore. Cool. I mean, I would just say consider it the, from the fact that they don't age. They can't change physically in any way. They're made of stone. How are you going to have a baby? Oh, okay. If they're made... I was like, the, the rest of it, fine. But... Like, you could still... Because I'm thinking, like, you know, elves, especially Lord right. of the Ring elves, where well, they're yeah, basically they have a, immortal, but, like, they They have age, a different kind they, like, of immortality. Yeah, they have a different kind yeah, of immortality, though. They've got, like, the ye, ye olda pure soul mortality. <laughs> Vampires have the we're fucking dead immortality. <laughs> yeah. Vibes. Just vibes. No, no breath, only vibes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so they just talk about how Carlisle <laughs> takes Edward into the morgue and turns him. Yep. <laughs> and then Edward come back comes back in to take Bella home because she's gotten all wrapped up. And mm-hmm. apparently there's something wrong with his eyes, something he was trying very hard to hide. Which is, like, sus. Interesting. Oh, and also, <laughs> Carl literally burns all the instruments that have Bella's blood on them. Yep. Like, all the gauze and everything. And Esme cleans the floor with straight bleach. Yep. <laughs> like, just to, like, not have any human blood smell or, like, particles, like, anywhere. Nowhere. <sighs> it's funny to me. Like, I get it. They're thorough. But, like, it's also, like, okay. Yeah. So Edward says that he can take Bella home and uh, says that she needs to change because she's covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves, and then she immediately turns to Carlisle, and he's like, she's like, uh, so he's he's very upset. And Carlisle says, tonight's the exact kind of thing that he fears the most. You being in danger because of what we are. And, like, he's the one who made it worse. <laughs> he, 
yeah, I'm like, it's not just because of what you, it's not just because of what you are, it's because you were ridiculously rash and threw her over a table. Yep. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) And Um, so then we get another. she calls Carlisle's eyes wise and beautiful, which. mm, Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> when you st- when you stop simping for Edward and realize you have to simp for Carlisle only. The the superior like simping. Yeah. Direction. Yes. Uh so Alice <laughs> takes her upstairs to get changed and she says how bad is it? But she's not talking about like, you know, the blood all over her clothes. She's obviously talking about Edward. And Alice says she's not sure yet, but Jasper's very unha- unhappy. Uh he hates feeling weak. Um but Edward, stop being emo challenge 2006? <laughs> what is this? 2006? Six? Sure. So, uh, She also, uh, Bella also mentions that Charlie is never surprised to see her bandaged, which is fucking wild. Even if your daughter's prone to injury, you should ask and be concerned. Yeah. And, like, uh, like, I get that he asks later, but, like, it just feels like sometimes S. Meyer just writes lines and then doesn't think about what they really mean and just moves on and it never gets edited out. Yeah. It just... Which is, like, a really big, like... Like, sort of beginner-ish writer thing to do is where you just write something because it sort of feels right in the moment. And then you move on and you just don't go back and get rid of it, even though when you sit there and think about it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I mean, if your daughter is fucking injured to the point that she has bandages wrapped around her arm, you ask immediately, oh my god, what happened? Like, there's no level of clumsy yeah. that you can just be like, like, that's normal. Like, a band-aid on the elbow, a band-aid wrapped around a paper cut, nobody's going to question that. But bandages around the entire forearm, yes. Yeah. It's just weird. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from that. It's just like, sometimes Stephanie just writes things that are just, like, yeah. throwaway little things that if you don't think about it, it's like, whatever. But if you're fucking analyzing the book for a podcast, you're like, this is so stupid. <laughs> I hate so, yeah. um I hate this one moment um before they before they get home is as they go out to the car and then they're driving for a while this whole time Edward is not saying a fucking word it's so I uncomfortable I feel so much for Bella because like that's one thing for me that just the tension and the anxiety of a big thing happening and then the person then not speaking about it God, it, literally. It's, I can't stand silent treatment. I can't stand that kind of tension. It it, it hurts so much. Uh, I, the, the fact that she finally is like, say something. Um, and he's like, what do you want me to say? Like, uh, talk about it. Talk about what just happened. Uh, yeah. Describe like, you know, you were afraid. Are you okay now? What Like, there, he's not, ugh, it drives me nuts. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So eventually, you know, they, she, like, breaks the silence, and they sort of talk about it a little bit, and she's like, forgive me, and he's like, I have no reason to forgive you, and then she says, it's still my fault, and then Edward goes into this, like, big, it's like the classic, you get into an argument about one thing, and then your partner, like, brings up another thing that they're also mad about, and it's like, where did this come from? Yeah. Because it's like... Because he goes, like, well, if you were human, like, and even if you fell without someone pushing you, like, what's the worst? Like, you just go to the emergency room. And then he's like, 
Mike Newton could have held your hand while I stitched you up. And she literally, like, says, like, the exact same thing I basically said in my head. Bella just goes, how the hell did Mike Newton end up in this conversation? It's like, he's just absolutely bringing up something he's weirdly, like, insecure about. Yeah. It's just, like, it's so weird that he's still, like, jealous of and insecure about fucking Mike, Michael Newton. Michael (laughs) Newton. His name's fucking Michael Newton. You have nothing (laughs) to worry about, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, I guess in a way it does tie back to his whole, like, insecurity about being a vampire and all the things he can't provide for her. So, like, he looks at, you know, a human boy that is around, I guess, even though, She's never expressed interest in him in the the entire time, but like it's his own insecurities projecting. Um, I know it's just annoying. It's so weird. Yeah, and Bella asks him to stay, and he's like, "Nah, I should go." And then she pulls the birthday card and says, "Do it for my birthday." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, which one is it? Do you want us to ignore your birthday, or do you want us to celebrate it? You can't. You can't have it both ways." Uh, I know it's like fair, but also a bit harsh, like with the situation. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like kind of funny. It's like good point, but also come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, so they get back into her place. Charlie does ask what's up with her arm, and she was like, "Oh, I tripped," and he's like, "Oh, Bella," and like sighs and shakes his head cartoonishly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, you silly thing. And she's like, ah, ha, ha, goodbye. <laughs> uh, it's just silly. And so now the other the other thing is, is now Bella's like really trying because Edward's being emo. He's not like talking or smiling. <laughs> His voice is all reserved and sad. And so she's like, can I open my presents now? Uh, and he's like, why are you enthusiastic now? It's like, because she's trying to make, cheer you up. She's trying to make you feel better and to make things go back to normal. Like, obviously she's trying so hard now. Yeah. And like, she literally is like, his face was sad. He was wallowing or his voice was sad. Yeah. It's like, okay. Mm. Uh, so she gets plane tickets to Jacksonville. Uh, so that's a good gift. Yeah, for her and Edward, which is going to be... I mean, I'm sure that's going to happen in this novel. That's my guess. (laughs) Some foreshadowing of that. Um, But that sounds fun. A little bit complicated with the whole uh, sparkly boy stuff, but... um, Yeah. Who knows? He... The gift that Edward gives her is a CD of his compositions, which is, like, on the one hand so like beautiful and like touching but on the other hand imagine if this was in real life and the only thing your boyfriend got you for your birthday was his ep (laughs) check out my soundcloud (laughs) literally he just like links you his soundcloud and he's like happy birthday yo check out my mixtape it's fire Like, one of these songs is about you, and then, like, there are a bunch of other ones about me and the boys. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> luckily. Like, it's different, because it's, like, yeah. beautiful piano I was going to say, luckily, it's, like, classical but it's piano. it's fucking hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it's still... Yeah, it's just, it's just very funny to think about. <laughs> uh, but luckily, uh, Bella likes it. Uh, 
so um i think i would too if it was like really good music like i think it's very sweet and she clearly expressed interest and she adores how good he is yeah the good thing is is that we also know that edward is really good so it's cute yeah then he checks on how her arm is and he gets some tylenol she, and then they start making out. Yeah, they start making out. Uh, you know, things are like like spicing up in their relationship sexually for sure. Yeah, like I know, like we'll talk about what she like realizes at the end, but like mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like ooh, that, she's eighteen. That oh yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's, ooh, it's that it's that that desperation and urgency. Uh, you know, it's. He, he 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 actually like lets himself engage in the kiss a bit more than I think what we've seen in the books. Um, like it says his hand twists into her hair and mm-hmm. holds her face to his and you know, she tangles her hands in his hair too, which like perfect. That's the good Spicy. shit. Spicy. That's the good shit. <laughs> That's the good shit right there. But yeah, and then she says it really she it like reminds her of something, that kiss. Yeah. <laughs> this is also why I'm like this is kind of spicing up because yes. you know she's like I want you to kiss me again and he says you're overestimating my self control and then she challenges which is tempting you more my blood or my body <laughs> and I'm like oh shit oh fuck spicy tell her her titties look good <laughs> <laughs> give that ass a squeeze <laughs> literally get in there Anyway. <laughs> he says it's a tie, which, you know, considering how much he thirsts for blood, that's pretty strong. He's pretty it's horny. He's pretty, pretty valid. And he tells her to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, cool, I got a boner now. Good night. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. <laughs> and then, yeah, she, like, is going to sleep, and she's, like, exhausted, and she sort of has this feeling that something worse is coming. Yeah. Which she thinks is, like, silly because today was such a bad day with everything that happened and, like, her birthday being paid too much attention to. So, like, what could be worse? And then when she's halfway asleep, she remembers what the kiss had reminded her of. Last spring, when he had to leave me to throw James off my trail, Edward had kissed me goodbye, not knowing when or if we would see each other again. The kiss had the same almost painful edge for some reason I couldn't imagine. I shuddered into unconsciousness as if I were already having a nightmare. He's going to break up with her. That's my prediction. I My only comment on this that I wrote was, ugh, period. <laughs> ugh. Wait, what was the second word? Period. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ugh, period. <laughs> yeah, valid, valid, valid. <laughs> like, ugh. And, like, their arguments that they're having, too, and, like, Ugh, it just, like, gives me huge, like, they're about to go on a break or, like, breakup vibes. Or, like, they're gonna need, mm. like, we need some time away from each other. Which <laughs> maybe the they do, considering how, like, tangled up in each other they are and how, like, they're talking about, like, killing themselves if the other, like, dies. So maybe they do need a break. I don't fucking know. Honestly, maybe so, bro. Like, maybe that's, maybe it would be right. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the end of that chapter. It sure and is. the end of what we're covering today. Man. New moon. That was, we're in it. You know, it's, a, it's a book. It's, it's a, a new, new one. We're here. It's a new moon, baby. It's a, it's a new moon. Bada bing. Bada boom. Hey, Edward Jr. Bada bing. Bada boom. Bada, bada, bada. <laughs> 
He's not from New York either. He's from Chicago. <laughs> so we're not even doing no. the right accents. <laughs> ah, shit. Wait, that kind of... We need more kinda like... John Mulaney, kind of. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I've never been to Chicago. So well, me know. neither. I just I just know John Mulaney, the comedian, and he's from yeah. Chicago. That's it. That's all I got. Street smarts! <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> That's what I assume everyone in Chicago is like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> this that's, book. That's, that's the my book. prediction. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. The next chapter is titled The End. My guess is it's the fucking end of their relationship. Uh, for now, that's my prediction going into the next chapter. I'm confident about this, and I'm so ready to be, like, extremely right or extremely wrong. All right. But either way, I'm hyped. Yeah, same. And I'm like, I'm like putting that down. I'm like, they're gonna, I've been saying this since the end of the last book. I'm like, they're gonna have some sort of break up, break, big argument that forces them away from each other. Like, neither of them are gonna be happy about it, but like, something's gonna happen. Like, Edward's gonna be like, I've been hurting you too much and we need this to stop. Or like, You're right. we need to like, have a break or something. Yeah. But, well, like, the, also, like, the Jacksonville trip complicates all of this, but, like, I'm still, I, my theory, it's still there. It's happening. I'm doing, like, I'm doing hand movements, but you can't tell. <laughs> I feel like I can tell just based on, like, the way you're speaking. Like, I feel like I can yeah. envision it. Um, I was just going to say, we have 24 chapters, so who's to say that all or none of it is possible in the next 22 chapters of this book? Yeah, anything is possible. And I'm ready to see Jacob with a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thank you. We'll, we'll see, see you in the next in, like, one. Two weeks or something. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to Unbitten. If you want to get in contact with us, follow us on Twitter at UnbittenPod or subscribe to our Patreon. And for now, the rest is still unbitten.